Hello, and welcome to Talking Tropes. Where today, we'll consider the troponut. I'm David. And I'm Hannah. And today, we're going to try and fix a movie. Yeah. We've never done this before. Yeah, we're going to look at all the tropes we liked, and mostly the ones we didn't like, um, from Disney's Moana. A great movie that we both really enjoyed, but we think that... It, it could be better. Yes. I think it's one of those movies where you have a lot of strong elements, likable characters, an endearing setting, and just a fun adventure, but it feels kind of hollow, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember walking out of the theater wanting to have liked it more and, like, surrounded by eight-year-olds who were, like, already obsessed, but right. <laughs> I was like, I want to feel that. Why don't I feel that? <laughs> I totally agree. I think that a lot of people have made the observation that Moana is just this movie where it's a it's a clear hero's journey, but all of the points on the hero's journey feel somewhat manufactured. Right, and I think there are a lot of moments that aren't necessarily earned or there are extraneous elements that are sort of bogging down what could be a really tight narrative. Right. And so today we're going to set out to fix that. We're going to we're going to try to pinpoint what are the themes, what is Moana trying to say and how can we help Moana say it more clearly. Let's start with uh, some of the tropes that we had some trouble with. Sure. So I'll I'll kick us off with the the be yourself narrative of it. Yeah. Um I feel like be yourself isn't a it, it isn't really a theme unto itself it's you have to say what being yourself means um that has to have a specific meaning for the main character can you give us some examples from like other disney films sure so like in aladdin be yourself means don't be a liar because if you're a liar then you're not uh, showing who you are to other people. In Mulan, being yourself means not being restricted by a specific, um, you know, gender role. Um, but in Moana, be yourself kind of means go on an adventure, even though people tell you not to because it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's not really about the roles. I mean, she's born to be the the leader of the of the tribe. She's the daughter of the chief. Yeah. So this is the main issue that I've pinpointed for this movie is that mm -hmm. Moana doesn't actually really have a lot to gain or lose or sacrifice to reach her happy ending. Sure. Like like she sure she doesn't want her like island to die. Like those are stakes. Those are real. Those are good. But like she doesn't have to give something up to get to her happy ending. You know, like on my rewatch I really found a lot of similarities to the Little Mermaid for some reason. Um, okay. And so, like, in that movie, in order for Ariel to get her happy ending, she has to defy her father and go through trials and tribulations to try to achieve her goal. Um, and when she does achieve the goal, she has to become a human. She's not a mermaid anymore. She has to sort of give up her place in the sea. You know, like, like there's something that right. is lost. Um, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I I think that the, cl the closest resemblance is in the fact that these are movies centered around defiance of father figures. Yeah. And so the atonement with the father in the third act um, should be super, super important. Yes, I um, agree. Atonement with the father is a, a stage in the hero's journey as defined by Joseph Campbell in his book Hero with a Thousand Faces, yeah. which I'll be referencing a lot in this uh, 
in this podcast. Um, yeah. So I, like we were talking before and you had mentioned Mulan and um, sort of the find yourself narrative in that movie. Um, and then how there is that big moment with her dad at the end saying, look, I've done these things. I've defied you, but like, you're proud of me. Like you accept me. Um, and like, there's sort of that with Moana, but it just doesn't feel the same, you know? Sure. And like an atonement with the father doesn't have to be literally conversing no, with the father either. I know. A lot of times the villain is used to symbolize a, a, a paternal figure. But like in this one, it's not really shown to symbolize any kind of a, any kind of reckoning with Moana's relationship with her father. Um, which should be super strained by this whole adventure. Yeah. But it seems like she comes back and it's like, Hooray! Okay, well, it all worked out. Yeah. Like, there, we, we don't have any question that her dad is immediately like, of course I love you. Hooray, you did it. Now let's go explore. All my fears are reconciled. <laughs> um, switching to another character arc for a moment, another trope that I had a problem with is something TV Tropes calls sweet and sour grapes. Okay. Which refers to you get a... a a reward right after something supposedly really bad happens, but the reward kind of undoes the the bad thing. So when Maui sacrifices his fish, fish hook in the climax of Moana, he just gets it back like right after. Right, yeah. I, I think that's, that's, again, it's sort of my problem with Moana's arc as well, is that there wasn't any sort of sacrifice, and so Maui sort of stands in for that, and then it's undone in the last... 10 minutes of the film. And like at the sacrifice, I don't think it needs to be something literally that's lost that can never be regained, but it has to be, you know, something um right, maybe she something gives up... that changes. Yeah, like it's it's like I don't feel like Moana as a character changes that much throughout this arc. No. She she sort of fulfills her entire arc by the moment that she leaves. Yeah. By that point there's nothing else that she has to achieve other than, I guess, becoming a, a wayfinder. Yeah, but, like, becoming the wayfinder is almost secondary to returning the heart of Tafiti. And I think, I think for me, that's where the other big problem with Moana comes, is that there's this narrative dissonance between all of the little tasks that she needs to accomplish and her main goal. Mm -hmm. And I think that they need to be a lot more closely linked together to make it um, a tighter script. Right. Uh, it's like she goes up against the Kakamura and she shows great bravery, but she's not really doing anything with wayfinding. She's not setting out on her own path no. or breaking free of the mold or anything, mm. um, which is in direct contrast to something like Mulan, where she absolutely you know, has to think outside the box and be herself in order to defeat the bad guys on the road of trials. Right, like it's only Mulan who could come up with these plans. It's only Mulan who's going to think of blowing, creating Starting an avalanche. An avalanche yeah. Or dressing everybody up as women, women to sneak yeah. in. Yeah, like it's, and Moana doesn't have those moments. She just has like these kind of cool, badass, like action moments, but they're not right. like her being super clever or like using her own experience in some way to move the plot forward. That's true. I I would agree with that. You know, the climax is a little bit set up, 
but the um, the road of trials j- just completely not. Um, yeah, the trickery that she uses on um, Tamatoa, or you know, just sort of right being really brave with the Kakamora. Like neither of these things really matter. And like one of the things on the road of trials was literally just. Like a big storm comes and the storm just pushes her but where she needs to go. Was that even a trial? <laughs> exactly. It's it's framed that way. It it, it it takes up that specific place in the movie, but it doesn't function that way. Yeah. What are a couple other tropes that we've got before we really deep dive into to fixing this shindig up? Um, there is a psychosomatic superpower outage, okay. which was that really weird scene. This would be one of the first things I would cut in a rewrite, okay. um, which is Maui's weird moment where he doesn't know how to use the fish hook, and then there's a motivational speech, and then he's suddenly, like, perfect at it. Mm. Like, that's a, there's, it's another example of something that's just totally unearned um, because he gets the, the hook back, He's like, oh, no, oops, I can only turn into shark head. Um, But then, like, Moana's like, hey, Maui, you're great. (laughs) Back to normal. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's, and, like, here's the thing. Like, the idea that, like, none of these are bad ideas, so to say. They're just, I think, poorly executed. They're unearned plot moments. Plot points. Yeah, like there's lip service to all of these moments, but there's not the actual like text to back it up. And then my least favorite trope um, on this list that makes it in is something called the 10 minute retirement, which is something that happens at the end of the second act um, where everyone's at their lowest point. Um, There's just 10 minutes where everybody's like, I hate you. Well, I hate you, too. And then they both end up coming back together for the climax because they both realize, oh, wait, it's like super important that I come back for the climax. (laughs) It's the romantic comedy. uh, Exactly. (laughs) Um, You got to have a fight. But the problem is that because of the way that the, the hero's journey is set up, that point comes right before the big climax starts. So there's not a lot of time to um, give adequate motivation for him to come back. Like Maui just right. comes back. Yeah. We don't see like, what he was thinking even, about or what no, was happening there. Anything from Maui. We don't even get like a fun little moment with his like little tattoo conscience. Yeah. Dude. Like we kind of assume that like the, the tattoo Jiminy Cricket is like, Go back. You got to save Moana. Hoo-hoo. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it does It does feel empty. Very like, much so. If he was really that mad at her, why did he come back? And if he wasn't that mad at her, why did he leave? Right. Because you know? his hook was going to get damaged. But but he gets it back at the end anyway. Right. Like like your hook's never been damaged before? Like, like I don't know. He, he should have just been worried about like dying or like moana dying or something right yeah like i don't know especially after they're supposed to have sort of which i also don't really buy like bonded as friends more right um like i think that needs a lot more screen time um see i don't even know though like i think this is a kind of thing where you can have them be enemies for pretty much the whole movie as long as it's resolved in the climax yeah, no, I mean, like, I would agree with that, but I think the way the movie is structured right now, it it wants them to be friends, and it wants us to believe them as friends, right. and 
I found myself like lacking that a little bit. Like there right. were definitely moments where I'm like, okay, I see this building towards like, if not a friendship, at least like really strong mutual respect for each other. Right. And then too late. We're at Tafiti. Shit's happening. Like to oh, compare well. <laughs> this to a couple other um, buddy movies, you know, there's my favorite buddy movie of all time, Finding Nemo, where there's oh, a yeah? lot of work put into establishing that you know, relationship. They have moments where they get angry at each other, but also moments where they support each other emotionally, moments where, you know, right. there's a lot and, of variety. And moments where they get to surprise and delight each other by, like, being helpful or being awesome. Right. And, like, it blossoms into a true, like, teamwork thing. And I feel like they kept trying to do that in Moana, but, like, they just didn't get it right, you know? Sure. I mean, like, they did a good job of, of setting up contrast in the beginning. Moana has, like, this great sense of duty and and um, responsibility for her people. And Maui just wants fame and accolades. Yeah. Maui was cast out by her parent by his parents. Moana, um, you know, sort of abandoned her parents. Um, but that could be definitely played up more, yeah. like, much more. All right. Were there any last, like, tropes that you wanted to mention before we, we really dig into this thing? Um, I think it's important to sort of mention a lot of the criticisms that were leveled at this movie when it came out, and also even before it came out, um, from the actual Pacifica community, uh, the community of Polynesian uh, viewers who were a little bit—they were a little bit put off by the the corporatization, the cultural appropriation of a lot of these myths that they held very dear. Sure, I think that like Disney thinks about other people's cultures as being like Greek culture, like a totally dead thing where you can just be like, yeah, Hercules, just pull him out of there. No one's alive who cares what we do with Hercules. You could make right. him a celebrity. Um, but that just isn't the case for a lot of people who had their entire cultures ripped away. Um, so some of the things that people have criticized them for is, um, for having Maui be too big and bulky when he should be sort of conventionally attractive, kind of Hercules looking figure. They also took issue with the happy natives with coconuts tropes, mm -hmm. which is, uh, apparently a, a pretty big thing in white depictions of, uh, Polynesian and Oceanic cultures um, where we just sort of depict them all as being happy and peaceful and didn't have any problems and they just ate coconuts. That was it. Right. Um, I mean, coconuts are definitely super important to their culture to the point where um, at one point the writers tried to write a scene where Moana smashes a coconut out of frustration and it was um, said by like their advisors that that would be considered like sacrilegious to okay. Polynesian people. Um, I didn't know. They said it was like burning a flag. Whoa. That was also Shit. a food source. <laughs> um, yeah. So like it's not that coconuts aren't important. It's just that maybe it shouldn't have been so stereotypically tribal. It's very mixed is what I sort of came across. Okay. And that most of the criticism that was leveled was more about the periphery, the corporate Disney stuff rather than the writing in the actual movie. Right. And like, I mean, this is all anecdotal on my end, but like, there are definitely a ton of people who are really happy to have this like brown Polynesian kick-ass princess that, you know, they can relate to. 
Certainly. So, um, you know, it's all it's all hard and tricky and appropriation is real and happens. And where's the line between corporate greed and representation? Sure. Very and I blurry. think that there's some criticisms that, like, I would just directly disagree with. Like, I saw one criticism from a Twitter user um, saying that it was patronizing to purposefully depict Moana as having no romantic relationships. Um, because like we're able to sort of see her as a child or something, mm. but I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I, I think that the decision to make her story about her and not about a man or, or someone else is very important. Right. And I think especially like, it's a hard, it's, it's always the problem when underrepresentation is an issue um because there's not a plethora of stories to reference so any story everyone's everyone wants so many different things from it you know because right. like there are twenty thousand different stories about <laughs> white princesses white saving the day um right and like some of them have romantic interests and some of them don't and some of them are queer and some of them aren't you know and like there's so many different variations available um, and when you're starting to represent a group that has been previously underrepresented, uh, underrepresented, you struggle with so many different people wanting so many different things from just this one movie. Um, and I think that's where like those frustrations come from viewers. Absolutely. Um, but one criticism that I thought wasn't unfounded uh, because it came from the Smithsonian, okay, which I, I consider like a pretty good source, yeah. um, which is that it was a bad idea to depict the Kakamora, the the little demon tribe, um, as being like tiny coconuts, okay, um, because apparently coconut is considered a slur for most oceanic people. Oh, okay. You know, they've been called that by a lot of white people. Is like coconut. Um, and it it's also seen as like cultural appropriation because there was like an actual historical tribe of Kakamora that became sort of mythologized oh, as monsters no. <laughs> by those people. Um, it's a little bit like well, in my rewrite, icky. they wouldn't even exist. So <laughs> problem okay. solved. All right. Well, we'll sort of get into that. Um, our our respective rewrites of this. Um, yeah. Of this film. I will say just uh, looking at our notes, yours is a lot more detailed than mine. So <laughs> Sure. Um, so why don't we start with yours then, since it's a little bit simpler and we can sort of get through that. Sure. So so my notes sort of just exist in what I would want to take out and what I would want to add. Um, like mm -hmm. I didn't go sort of through scene by scene and like restructure. Right. Um, but that's fine. So what I want to remove, the first thing is the ocean. <laughs> Um, and by this, I mean the ocean as a sidekick. Um, right. The, it's too powerful. It robs Moana of a lot of decision-making, actually, and a lot mm -hmm. of um, agency. And it, like, really just deus ex machinas the shit out of too many things. Um, okay. Which, like, I didn't notice it or mind it as much on my first viewing because I thought the ocean was, like, a fun character. But rewatching it a couple of times now, I've really like I still think the ocean's a fun character, but I think you could totally have something less overpowered. You lose more. 
you lose more than what you gain yeah. as a result of this Absolutely. super-powered sidekick. Now, I wouldn't cut the ocean having agency entirely, though. I think it's I think it's a useful symbolic tool to pull out in extremely dire plot moments. I just think if you remove the slapstick, then what you're left with is, okay, the Moana has a connection to the spiritual, you know? Yeah. To the gods and... You know, but I think you can do that without personifying the ocean. I guess, yeah, you definitely can. Um, I think, like, you me, know, the point would be like splitting, d- dividing the sea is like a great visual, no matter what culture you come from. For sure. Um, I happen to come from Jewish culture in which that holds a lot of power, you know, being able to divide the seas and, and walk through them that's a very powerful image yeah and I, and I don't think I would want to cut that and I think just growing up in American culture in general that's like right that's just imagery you're familiar with you know mm-hmm um and then likewise I think it's it, it, it makes sense that the ocean is the thing keeping everyone stuck on this island and therefore it has to be Moana's connection to the ocean that lets her pass through the barrier and go beyond the reef. Sure. I, I just don't think the connection needs to be as um, blatant because sure. of the personification of the ocean. Like I've seen some really great um, like uh, analysis on Mulan recently um, okay. saying that the reason Mushu isn't able to wake the great stone dragon is because there's a scene earlier that shows that Mulan is the spirit of the great dragon like she's already oh. awoken it um and it's all shown through like really like really blatant like imagery the minute it's pointed out to you but it's subtle enough that like we're not like oh, of course she's the dragon you know okay so like i don't think it needs I'm to be I'm still not ready to forgive that great stone dragon <laughs> thing that's fine I don't fine. care what imagery they use Th- that's fine uh we'll get, we can, we can fix Mulan another time um okay. but but like, and I'm saying it doesn't have to be that subtle, but I think there's, right. again, like a more subtle way that makes Moana the magic and powerful one and not necessarily the ocean, the one who grants her all right. of this. I thought an interesting power. way to do that would be like Moana has the power to calm the seas when they're angry. Yeah, totally. That that would help with the plot stuff and it would, you know, symbolize something about her and what she's capable of. And I think it would totally call back to or not call back, but foreshadow the ending um, where she's exactly. able to come to Ka. Yeah. Um, um, OK, so let's move on to what the, else? Side, the other sidekicks. Yeah, um, we there's too many. <laughs> sure. Um, we, we first brought this up in our sidekick episode. Um, which you can listen to on SoundCloud anywhere you want. The chicken or the pig is the question. Um, I I think that what we agreed upon in the in the the third episode was it's got to be the chicken that you cut because the chicken has no personality. Yeah, but like it's just a dumb chicken. On my rewatch, I don't know that the pig is the right one either. I think we need a different sidekick who also helps push Moana in her, like, growth in some way. And I think, like, maybe the pig could do it, but we just don't get enough screen time with it that we, like... I mean, like, 
any animal can do anything. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. It's just about making the making the thing work. What I just thought was really weird is there's like a line where like the old guy is like, "Should we just cook the chicken?" And his his reasoning is like, "The chicken doesn't have the intelligence <laughs> to live for." Okay, but what does a chicken need intelligence for? It doesn't. And, like, she has that one line that's, like... Chickens oh. aren't service animals. No. Well, but just then, like, again, also, like, the the chicken... Moana has the line, then, that follows it that's, like, oh, well, we all have talents. Some are just more buried than others. And, like, what? The chicken is good at swallowing a stone? Like... You know, like that's that's pretty much its hidden talent. Thanks. Yeah, I think I just think it probably would be easier if you did something fun with like, okay, you've got the pig. The pig's a runt. He's never got he's not he's not big enough to eat. So maybe, you know, we just kill him so we don't have to feed him anymore. Um, Okay, no, the pig, the pig is good. The pig turns out to be a great swimmer. Right. Or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, you know, just have have the animals I get turn out to be more than meets the eye yeah. instead of being just like a chicken that eats the MacGuffin and becomes a chicken MacGuffin. Right. Um, so another thing that I want to remove is the sudden grandma death from absolutely nothing. Um, okay. Like one minute she's showing Moana, look, we used to be voyagers and dancing in the ocean. And then Moana's like, oh, my God, like. I'll go tell everybody and then she does and then her dad's like I'm gonna burn the ships and then the grandma's dying like all in the yeah, course of it's like, not handled super well like 30 um, minutes it's it's not handled well especially because like the way that we learn that she's dying isn't by like a visual thing like we see her collapse while arguing or something it's just literally like a guy runs over is like chief your mom yeah <laughs> and like Moana like finds her staff on the ground far away from where that's happening, which also doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, I guess they carried her, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's just it's visually confusing and it, it's just confusing. Um, in in my rewrite, I would maybe have the the darkness that's infecting the island have killed her or something like that. Um, or just have some more visual cues that like this was like happening. Um, so I think that's like a pretty decent way to do it. Um, I would probably take a different route. I think that the sudden death angle is fine and it's been used in other movies to good effect. Um, but you, you, you have it during a, a climactic scene and so it almost has to feel like the climax is is killing her. Right. In like a way. She so, and Moana are arguing with the dad and then suddenly exactly, she collapses. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, the the she tries to stop the dad from burning the boats and then, you know, collapses. Right. Or whatever. Um, it just has to be something significant that, that immediately leads to, okay, she's dying. Yeah. And maybe it's unclear how much time is passing. Maybe it could be 
a couple hours or it could be a couple days right. between her initially collapsing and her actually well, dying and, and giving think, Moana the stone or whatever. Right. And I, I think the point of that is that the death needs to motivate Moana in a more direct way than it currently does. Like she's just kind of dying and then whispering encouragement over her deathbed, which like, sure, fine. Like, sure, but I think there could be a stronger way, like, Moana feels responsible for the death, or that, like, more people in her family could die from the, you know, like, there needs, sure. there just needs to be that, like, slightly more personal stakes to come from it. I guess that is what you get from the darkness being the thing that kills her. I just don't know how you would depict that visually, like, she touches it accidentally and then dies or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the specifics, I didn't. I didn't think that hard about sure, about sure. how that would exactly happen. Um, but like, but, yeah, but again, it doesn't even need to be the darkness killing her. Just like her death needs to personally motivate Moana in a better way than it currently does. All right. I'll buy it. Um, what else? All right. My last two things are about that. I want to remove question mark, but they also pull into the first thing that I want to add. Um, okay is uh the the crab and the kakamora um i keep okay, forgetting the so, crab's name so everything on the the road of trials yeah essentially. because i think there needs to be a stronger villain through line of some kind and i don't know if that means making Teka like a more present and developed villain or if it means because also I think making her a more developed villain makes her redemption more interesting as well. Um, but sure, we, we I can, guess it's just it's just later. that she's clearly more of like a a force of nature than anything else. Um, you know, a god whose whose motivations cannot be truly understood by mortals. Um, but I don't think can it has only... to be that way. I feel like it kind of does since this is a story about Moana sort of conquering the elements more than conquering, you know, a bad guy who does bad things. Well, that's how it is right now. I'm saying <laughs> maybe it would be better. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So just, just like some sort of the Kakamura, I think, is a dumb trial. It doesn't really move her story forward that much i don't think that like they, well, it's an they literally but they literally come out of nowhere are never addressed again like just like they're just there to be like bad people want the heart of graffiti sure. which like is not like they're on the sea all the time like why aren't they constantly fighting more of these things like sure. while she's learning to sail like why aren't there like whales just like like if if the the heart's supposed to be so powerful. I don't feel like they do enough to show us that. And they try to use the Kakamura as like a shorthand for how powerful right. and like coveted it is. But it, to me, it just doesn't work. It falls flat. It was my least favorite scene in the movie. I just would get rid of them. Really? Yeah. Like you weren't even interested in sort of the action element, no. just the pure entertainment factor? Because I knew they would get out because we're only halfway through the movie. Like... Sure. Like they're not gonna crash the boat. Like it's just a scene to show look how badass Maui is and look how badass Moana is in different ways. And also they clash. 
Like, so, but like your 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 solution to that would be to to pull it, not to sort of I don't know integrate it somehow, because like they have to face some kind of trials as they're getting to their destination. It can't just be a straight shot. For sure, I agree completely. I think this is a dumb trial that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't progress the characters in any way. It doesn't like no one has to grow from this encounter well i noticed in the scene that maui his first instinct is to just like run away and moana's instinct is to sort of dive into the action and it shows like a contrast in their characters um which is like it's like the first that we see of that right but i just don't think that contrast is ever developed enough and in fact it's like sometimes thrown away completely like Maui's like hooray I'm gonna jump into the underworld and Mono's like oh okay I guess I'll go to the underworld you know like like okay it seems weird to paint Maui as I don't not a coward but like uninterested in fighting when throughout the rest of the film he's depicted as being always being ready for a fight you know okay so this is just like a random pitch, yeah. Um, that's just popped into my head. But what if, like, what what if, like, you have the the Kakamora? They actually do get the the heart or whatever, mm-hmm. and they totally take it away, you know, yeah. to some other place. And then they have to go hunt them down. And what if that place is the land of monsters? And that gives you a motivation for. Moana to actually want to go to the land of monsters. Yeah, I'm already personally. more on board with that. <laughs> um, All right, like, so that's like kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think they need to be highly marketable little fucking coconuts that are. Well, you got to sell toys somehow. <laughs> you got to sell racist toys somehow. You gotta. You just gotta. Um, Anything else that you're directly cutting from this movie? No, I think that's the end of the things that... Oh, well, again, I would want to maybe cut the crab or highly revamp it. um, But we can talk about that a little bit more later. Um, Things that I want to add. And Mm -hmm. then this is a pretty short list. Um, One, Moana having to actually, like, sacrifice or learn and grow in some way beyond just, like, learning to sail. And, like, like, maybe she learns that tradition is important in some way you know like since sure. she was always trying to bucket like I, yeah um a reason like, for her to like ariel ariel has to lose the ability to go back into the sea in order to get what she wanted which is the the dude right and, and the freedom and like she learns <laughs> why you don't make deals with sea witches because sure. they're evil you know like she she gets tricked and she has to face the fact that she messed up in a way that's more serious than a 10 minute, like, wow, this is sad and maybe I should give up, you know? Sure. Um, I think the dad should burn the ships. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's just a little bit more powerful. It makes him more of a villain in act one. Um, well, not a villain, but an antagonist. Um, so yeah, this is like a point in the story that's like the lock-in. It's a point where the hero cannot go back by any circumstances, and so you need to have something visually represent why Moana can never go back to the island until she fulfills the quest. Right. Um, and-, and in that case, it has to be that all the other boats are burned. She has the one boat that isn't burned. Right. And she's sailing off with it to go 
find the heart of Tafiti and save everybody. Right. And I think it gives her a more personal thing. Like, I have to prove this to my dad, you know, which is sort right. of a Mulan thing. She's like, I have to do this to save my dad and like prove it to my family and to everyone that I can do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not that her dad doesn't think she can do things. He's just scared she's going to get hurt, you know? Um, right. Like, like that's the thing. Like, I understand that they don't want it to be like another brave or they don't want it to be an like Mulan where like, Oh, you're a woman. So you can't do things like they wanted to skip all that and be like, in this world, women can do anything. They can be chiefs and sail ships sure. and blah, blah, blah. But I think in doing that, like they forgot to give her like any problems that she has to overcome from back home. Sure. She just has to find out who she is. Right. Which, which, who is Moana at the end versus the beginning? She's the same person, but now she knows how to sail and is allowed to. Right. But, like, when she's talking to her ghost grandma, which is also probably a trope that I think a few people had problems with is the ghost talking. Eh, I like that. But I think it's kind of... But I think it's kind of necessary just for the way that the plot is structured. She yeah. needs some spiritual guidance there's, at the end of the second act. There's Yoda in Star Wars. Like, yep. it's fine. This happens. Um, But, like, wh- what does her grandma actually tell her? What does she figure out in that I Am song? It seems like I am a girl who loves to sail, and I also love my family. And neither of these things really play a major role in how I solve the main problem of the story. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, other than that, it's just like really minor like motivation questions that I would want right. to add, which I think we'll we'll get addressed in what I've taken a glance at of your your my, my Moana, big old pitch, your big old Moana rewrite, um, which I yeah. I'm enjoying, and I I'd love it if you could <laughs> let us in on it. And all right, everyone so can enjoy I, it. I went a little nuts. Um, I was re- rereading the Hero with a Thousand Faces. And really trying to consider, like, how do you earn in a symbolic psychological way each of the points on this hero's journey, which are all included in um, in Moana's current arc. So there are three basic categories of of Campbell's uh, monomyth, the, the, the story of the hero, which are departure, initiation and return. Um, departure includes all those things like, um, the call to adventure, the refusal of the call, um, the herald, which is the character that brings about the call to action. Um, then you have the crossing of the first threshold and that leads us into initiation where you go into the belly of the whale, you go down a road of trials, you, uh, meet with a goddess atone with your father figure. So you, you basically meet with your mother figure and then your father figure. And then you have an apotheosis of those two things, um, sort of a, a coming together where you unify the id, the ego and the superego into, into one solitary thing. And then you have the return, which is sort of like the epilogue where you go home having gained an ultimate boon uh, you know, a 
perfect prize, and then you are the master of two worlds. Yes. The the real world and the fantasy world. Totally. Um, so Moana has all of those things, but like none of them feel earned in, in the moment. So yeah. to sort of rectify this, I would start with a couple of key changes in the first act, which are better establishing the mother figure um, with her theme being this is your home um, and your home is a place where you always return. So the mother isn't saying don't leave. The mother is saying when you leave, always remember to come back. Um, and maybe, you know, Moana doesn't want to come back. Maybe she just wants to go. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would change, and this is mainly just for something that I think would be cool is you have the people on the island not know that Maui is the cause of all their problems. You make it so that they think Maui was a great hero who left to go bring them the heart of Tefiti, a magical item that can restore life. Um, and he just never came back and they think he was killed. Sure. I think that that adds this element of confronting the narratives presented to to Moana from birth rather than meeting Maui and being like, I know you're not a real hero. I know you're a jerk right from the get go. She has to learn something about him. Right. And then like, that's also a good reveal for later on and exactly creates character conflict. I, I totally am on board with that. Um, the big argument between, the grandmother and the father is the father thinks that the ocean is protecting them from monsters. Um, and the mother thinks that the ocean is, you know, stopping them from going and solving the problem. You know, they, they have a, a conflict of interpreting the will of the gods, mm -hmm. so to speak. I, one thing that I definitely want to keep is the part where Moana um, says that, you know, we have to chop down these trees um, these dying coconut trees and, and replant them. Yeah. Um, and one, but, but I don't think that the dying coconuts are enough of a call to action. Totally. Um, they're sort of like this vague threat that might happen in the future. Right. Well, and then I mean like there's also the, the fish disappearing or dying. Right. So like it's an environmental thing. It's not really visually clear as it could be where you could show literally, Taka coming to burn down and destroy their island. You just show a giant lava monster out in the middle of the ocean going around destroying islands left and right. Right. So we know this threat is coming. Um, right. And it's really real. But the people on the island don't yet know. Sure. Um, but like what this will what this will help with is just sort of providing sort of a ticking clock for sure um for why we got to get to tafiti so quickly um and so then i think the... i think also maybe having the like lack start to more visually like the lack of fish and coconuts start to really affect her home in a visible way um, i mean like i think that they did all they could with that i mean i'm not a director but I think it would be difficult to show that visually any more than they did. They had like the black vines wrapping around the island. They did like the empty nets. They did the dying coconuts. 
but like, it's just not a it's not an existential threat. It's just like, well, this sucks. We might starve to death at some interminable point in the future. Yeah. All right. But like, then we definitely get the dad burns the boats. Yeah. So there's no more boats. All right. But that's not the end of it. That's going to pay off later, um, which is super important to me. Yeah. And that's when we cross the first threshold. Um, we, we, maybe we do your thing with, uh, the grandma dying differently and then Moana escapes. Um, she doesn't, uh, she, she doesn't get to go through the barrier just because of destiny. She does it because she has the power to calm the oceans, which are the things keeping them on the island. As for the road of trials, I would probably add a couple more, um, monsters that she has to face. And the point of them will be to establish how bad of a wayfinder Moana is. Absolutely. Like, uh, there's an eel that, like, tricks her into going the wrong way. Or, like... Right. You know, like, something something like that. Or there's a thing that swallows her and or tries to swallow her, and she just barely survives. You would obviously try and pull something from the actual mythology. Sure. But, you know, worst comes to worst, maybe you just have her get attacked by a giant sea monster. Exactly. And then she has to get pushed away by a big wave, you know, the ocean saves her maybe this time. Right. Because, because she was so close to dying. But it's not just like, I don't know where I'm going, and then the ocean just deposits you where you need to be. It, exactly. Um. Well, and that's the other thing is, like, I want her to be bad at wayfaring, but I also want her to be able to find Maui either actually by accident or um, of her own skill. Like, like she has enough skill. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I, I know that's a goal. I just don't know if it's possible in the story with the time that we have because yeah. we can't have her sort of like looking around and stumbling onto islands. And I don't know if it's believable that she could even get to the island on her own with no skill whatsoever. Um, I think you kind of have to have a little deus ex machina in there. Um, but, but the, you know, if somebody has a better idea, definitely let us know on how Moana gets to that first island in a plot significant way so one thing that i wanted to fix as far as like the ocean having way too much agency yeah is the idea that the ocean can deposit um maui back on a boat whenever it wants yeah so maybe instead of that you just have the ocean doing the same thing that it did around motonui where the ocean will stop any boat from leaving maui's island um Unless Moana's there to calm the seas. Mm, like he needs so, her. Yeah. He needs her in order to get off the island, not just her boat. Right. It's a it's a more significant reason for them to stick together after, you know, the initial like, all right, we're we're working together to go get the hook back. Right. Um, so this is the the probably the biggest change that I'm proposing, which is that Maui um, is is supposed to be the hero that's going to defeat Taka. Um, that's why Moana is going to get him, and she does not have the heart of Tafiti. Mm-hmm. She believes that Maui will know where to go find it. Okay. So this is returning, at least in the first act, returning the the heart to sort of a regular MacGuffin standpoint sure it's not that it's not the ring from lord of the rings where they have it at the beginning of the story and they're taking it somewhere this is a 
a boon or an elixir that they have to go get and restore to its rightful place. Okay. Um, what Moana doesn't know is that actually Maui stole the heart and is holding on to it. Um, because he needs to, he wants to give it to the humans. Okay. Like that's his big motivation for the story is he wants to take the heart, give it to the humans and, you know, become famous and loved. Sure. I'm so on board with that, uh, with Maui as somewhat more of a antagonistic or anti-hero, anti-hero. Right. Um, but, like, you know, he is that in the movie already. The problem is just that Moana knows that from the beginning. In this version, Moana thinks that he's this great hero who's going to save everybody, but he's actually much more selfish. Right. It's the it's the Meg from Hercules sort of Exactly. Issue. But, like, that's great. Who that's, doesn't love Meg? Like, that's really compelling, um, that, that whole situation. Uh, so Maui says, of course, I know where to go find the heart. It's in the land of monsters. Right. Um, but what he's actually trying to go get is his fish hook. Yes. So that was. And he doesn't tell Moana about that. That was also a thought that I had when I was trying to figure out how to make the the road of trials, like the crab moment, sort of more meaningful. Um, uh-huh. Is that it's connected in some way to the like either like Maui lies to get them there or it's like actually true. And like they do have to go through the land of monsters to get there for a specific reason, like right, like they have to get the hook in order to go. Like the fight the, the reason that they give, yeah, the reason in the movie that they give is that Maui can't fight Taka unless he's got the hook, which is somewhat true. But like, you know, there's there's not like a whole lot of motivation for Moana to be super invested in that adventure, right? Um. It's just sort of like a side quest. Yeah, absolutely. It's better if it if Moana thinks it's the main quest. This is the item that we're supposed to get. This is the magical thing, the amulet that we need to take to the place. Right, and then you can um, have that. But great, then it turns out that great. Oh no, you tricked me! Moment. Like this is an actual real conflict. Right, like, and I I would shift that much later. Um, I would shift to the the confrontation with Tamatoa. To, honestly, to the end of the second act, right. right before the two of their big falling out, and you know? I, yeah, and I would want Tomatoa to, to even potentially be... Like, like, I would like it if the monsters were, like, the disciples of Taka in some way or something. Like, I, I don't I, know. I think, it's, I think it's okay not to go full Taka with it, but I would have the other... Um, you know, like the Kakamura, if we keep them or whoever else to be servants of Tamatoa. Okay. Who is a symbolic mirror image of Maui um, in that they're both obsessed with fame and being loved by others. Right. Um. So, like, that's one thing. The only song in this whole movie that I had any problem with was Tamatoa's yeah, song. Yeah, I Would you agree it. with that? Oh, yeah. It's just... It's just trying to accomplish way too many things, and it's not catchy enough no. to to support that. And like um, it's it it like tries to be like dark and scary, but then with that really fun bubbly like chorus, like it, like that's fine because he's not our main villain. But I would want I would want it to be I would want it to be just a pure comedy song like Gaston, yeah, exactly, or something. 
Um, Gaston, I think, is like a perfect model for how you do that particular song right. Sure, I I would agree. Um, including having like a bunch of adoring fans for Tamatoa. Totally. So right. So once they defeat Tamatoa and they've gone through this road of trials and they've gone through the land of monsters, they've this bonded. is where. Yeah, they've bonded by this point legitimately. This is where you have their falling out, where you find out that Maui had the heart the whole time, and he doesn't want to take it to to um, he doesn't want to take it to Tafiti. He just wants to use it for himself. Um, he's selfish, and he's not the hero we thought he was. That's a good reason for them to split up, right? Um, so Moana, you know, sails away, takes the heart with her. And says, you know, you can just you can just go and be adored. All the people on my island already think you're a hero. Um, but I know so, the truth. And right. Only like, I know the truth. You don't have to worry. I won't ruin your secret. Blah, blah, blah. I'll go be the hero and you just go be adored. Right. So um, maybe we get a scene of him being adored or him on his way and he gets a fun little conversation with his little tattoo conscience and then eventually we'll come back. Um, well, actually, I didn't have him coming oh. back because because you don't have time to show that. So you have him actually go all the way back to Moana's island okay. uh, to Montanui. Um, what what happens with Moana is she sails straight through to Tafiti only to discover that it's not there. Okay. But we already know that Taka isn't there because he's going to destroy her island. Okay. So this is like a really simple thing to do is you have her lowest point be the point where she realizes that her great mission was a lie. It was not her responsibility to take the... Um, to take the the heart of Tafiti to Tafiti because Tafiti isn't even there. Okay. This is what results in her huge like moment of doubt, not like I made Oh a no, I tried once. it and I failed one time. Yeah. That's what happens in the movie right now. Is she goes there, she doesn't quite make it through, and then oops. And then as soon as she notices that the island isn't there, it's not like a big reveal because then she immediately figures out the big twist at the end. Yeah. Um so when, so after she goes and finds that Tafiti, the island, is not there, she has her talk with Spirit Grandma. She realizes that, you know, she left her home, but she also has to return home in order to save it. Um, you know, her role is with her island, but it's also as a voyager. It's both of those things. It's This is like the the combining the synthesis of the two sides should she should she stay or should she go right she should go but she should return always return yeah um so then she comes back to the island she sees that taka is coming to destroy the island and burn it down um so she's got to save everybody but oh wait the dad already burned all the boats mm so what do they do? Okay, this is the part where she symbolically confronts her father um, and confronts his ideology as well. So his ideology is we have to stay on this island where it's safe. This is our home. We have to protect it. Um, Moana's is we are voyagers. Our home is the sea. Our home is everywhere. So what they do is they literally disassemble all the huts and the homes and build them into ships to sail away. All right. Can I tell you why I like this more already? Yeah. 
Um, one, it makes the state like this is sort of the visual destruction or like what I was looking for. I think when I was talking about how the darkness affected the village, like right. like this is the sacrifice, you know, like they have yes. to sacrifice the way of life that they knew it so that they can have this new, better way of life or this exactly this new necessary way of life. Um, and right. like it all turns out okay, they're all happy, they can rebuild, but I do like the idea that there is this destruction that actually occurs. Right. Maui then gets like a pep talk and goes to slow Taka down so they have time to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're all sailing away, you know, Moana is upset that he she's leaving Maui behind. The dad, you know, reassures her, you've done the right thing, this life suits you. You have truly become a chief, um, you know, to rival myself and my father. Right. Um, and she's like all ready to just sail away and let the island be destroyed. But then she has a sudden realization, um, which is shown through sort of that visual memory of she remembers her father burning the boats. She remembers um, when she cut down the trees that where the coconuts were dying and planted them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then she remembers the fact that Taka arose right after the heart was destroyed and the darkness started spreading. So what she realizes is that Taka is not a malicious figure trying to destroy people for no reason. It's actually a motherly caring force that is trying to stop the spread of this disease by destroying any island that it appears on. Hmm. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> like, like I mean, it does, but I think you lost me there. Well, okay. The reason that I would have this is that to make it a stronger realization um, of why, why does Moana know that Taka is Tefiti, and why is she the only one who makes this realization? To me, that is just like grandmother's stories. Um, well, grandmother doesn't know that they're the same. Right, but there's like some detail in the story or, you know, like how does she know now? Like I, like that part didn't bother me. The way that she knows now is she sees that the island is like shaped like a woman and then is like, oh, if the, if the island's gone and there's another big giant woman over there, then I guess they're the same giant woman. It's doesn't really. It's not really significant. Um, so I wanted to make it more significant, and I think that it, this adds to the idea, like you were saying, of Taka has no motivation. Right. And this adds a motivation. Well, no, I Taka didn't, is I don't trying think to Taka, stop the spread of disease. I don't think Taka has no motivation. Um, I think Taka is. It's kind of a woman scorned. Well, you, you said know? she had no depth. Right, yeah. I think this this adds some depth. Like, she's doing what she thinks is right, but she's just a force of nature. She can't be controlled, and so she results in the destruction of, you know, innocent islands. Okay, so... Uh... Just like to to wrap up like your bit because I do want to come back to this and talk just like a little bit more about it, but I want to see like how it fits into right. your whole narrative. Well, um, it, it's pretty much it. It's basically the climax of everything. It's the apotheosis, um, which is that Mo- Moana returns. She shows that she understands 
why Tafiti, why Taka is doing what she thinks is right. She knows that on the inside, she's a caring life bringer, not a bringer of destruction. And so she restores the heart and bada bing, bada boom, everything's back to normal. Okay, so so here's my thought. Moana doesn't have to know that Taka is Tafiti to still reach out to her and try to calm her in the same way that she reaches out and calms the ocean. You know, but she has to give the heart back the 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 MacGuffin that symbolizes like everything that she wants. It's her desire. And so she has to give up her desire to the well, you know, the big the big monster thing. So my thought is Taka is not going to the island to attack the island and root out the disease. She's going there to attack Maui. But Maui's not on. Well, Motonui at the beginning of the movie. No, so he's not, why but, would she be going there? But I don't think Taka is going there. I think she's just searching for Maui and like this is the And next- just destroying all the islands? Yeah, she's mad. Uh okay. Like she feels betrayed. Like she was betrayed like Maui was the hero of the people and like he stole this from her, so she, like why But so what connection does that suggest between Taka and Moana? What do you mean? Like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say that, like, Moana tries to help her people by cutting down trees and planting them somewhere else. The um, Her father tries to help her by burning down the boats to protect her. And this is a giant fire monster that's trying to burn down the islands that are dying to protect the ones that are still living. That's like a a three way connection that I'm trying to build, um, and I just I'm I don't see how like this is a giant monster that's trying to kill Maui for stealing something from her. I don't see what suggest what connection that suggests and how that would resolve anything in Moana's character. Okay, um, I think you're right in that it doesn't have that same connection, but I think it's a like, I don't know how I feel about the connection you're trying to build because, like, the dad is, like, are you saying that Moana cutting down the trees and planting them somewhere else is a bad idea? No, it's just, it's just a point of, of similarity in intention. Um, the, like, the, the negative thing is connecting it to, um, the the father and, well, and basically and just the saying, giant fire monster that's going to destroy an island. Yeah, but like obviously, I'm not saying that the I'm connecting it to something innocuous that uh, that Moana does at the beginning of the movie that just visually represents the same thing, not emotionally or spiritually. Well, I don't know because I think we sort of get that again at the end with her saying like just like we'll cut down the trees. Like I don't think we that needs to be tied into Teka because I see okay. So like, what if we dropped the what if we dropped the cutting down the trees? Okay, because I like the cutting down the trees, but then Moana is basically doing the same thing again when she comes and say we all have to leave this island. We have to like cut down our life on this island so that we can build it somewhere else. Like I think that's already there. And I don't think that Teka has to like also have that sort of um, uh, rhyming action to it. Um, I just think we need to understand somehow that Teka isn't a malicious 
character, um, but you know somehow a, a caring paternal or maternal character. Well, this um, is why so that it represents something with Moana's relationship with her parents or with Maui, who are the the central relationships of the film. Well, so to me, the idea so they're all back on Motunui, right? Maui's there, correct? Uh huh. Um, Taka is attacking, but Maui's like, I'll lure her away. She seems to like be attacking me. Um, and so like he's fighting Taka and Maui are fighting Moana and the villagers are heading off in the opposite direction. And Moana realizes that she can't just abandon Maui. Right. Because okay. she's built this relationship with him, which is not how she felt in the beginning. You know, like she she did abandon him like just before this. Um, and she realized this is her mistakes and blah, blah, blah. Um, so she can't abandon him. She like leaves her parents and her family and goes back to help. Um, and then while they're fighting, she's like, why is he why is Taka targeting Maui? And I like I believe that she could connect those dots Um, or or even if she doesn't connect it in that moment, again, try to calm, calm Tekka down. And in some part of that process is able to recognize that it's Tafiti. Like, like, I don't think. What if I went back and established this more um, like we do more island hopping in the second act. And Maui and Moana find themselves on an island where all the coconuts are dying. They see that the darkness is spreading past the island. And then suddenly, while they weren't paying attention, Taka kind of sneaks up on them and destroys that island to show that, like, you know, they're trying to stop the spread of the disease. I mean, okay, but like, I just don't understand why Taka is doing that. Because Taka is... Tafiti and Tafiti's goal is to create life everywhere and stop the spread of death. Okay. But then why is she a fi- like why does it matter to return the heart if like she's still Because doing the heart her duty? stops this darkness from spreading. But like why? Is the darkness caused by her and then she's like running around trying to The darkness to- is caused by removing the source of life from its source which is tafiti but then tafiti becomes taka when that's not there like do you see she doesn't have any life in her anymore okay but then like why is she if she's if the life has been taking out of her why is she still trying to protect life like that's my question because she's still the same on the inside like moana is you know who she is on the inside and you know everyone's who they are on the inside it's what counts. I don't know. I, like, I don't buy it. Like, it just doesn't seem right to me somehow. Like. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if if the story was slightly different, I could see. I could see it working. It's just, I don't it's know. just I the just, one point. It's just the one point that you don't like. And yeah, that's fine. I don't like. That's, I dis- the, I that's the point that doesn't work for you. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, um, I think this is a great rewrite. <laughs> okay. So there you have it. It's one potential rewrite, one potential fix. 
you know, a lot of the things are just sort of aesthetic changes that I think would be fun, like Maui not having the uh, not being the hero um, that the people on the island think he's a hero from the beginning. That to me is fun, um, but it doesn't really change anything. And then some of the things I think do change things a lot, like burning the boats and um, having a return to the island at the end of the movie, not just uh, triumphantly returning, but right. returning to save it. For sure. Um, I, I think this is great. Um, I'd love to hear from all of you guys. If you have fixes for Moana, you can, uh, tweet them to us at talking tropes. Um, and let us know if this is a format that you'd want to see more of in the future. And if there's any other movies that you want us to fix for sure, we'd love to do it. We'll fix every movie. Uh, in fact, if you sponsor us on our Patreon, which is also Talking Tropes, uh, we'd be happy to let you pick either our next episode topic or the next show we talk about. Uh, whatever you want, we'll do it for you. We're shills for money. If we go, there's just no telling how far we'll go. <laughs> for money. For money. All right, bye, guys. Bye-bye.